love the smell of napalm in the morning. You see, we're on a mission from God. Great Scott. You're gonna need a bigger boss. Hasta la vista. Hey, go ahead. Make my day. I'm Ricky Bobby. You don't chew big red, you. Welcome to this episode of the Movies Out podcast. I am your host, Tom. Join alongside my fellow zealots, Joe and Paul. How are you guys doing this episode? Doing great. Fantastic. Fantastic indeed. This episode, we're doing a very special one. The first time we're doing IMDb Top 250. At least it is a Top 250, right? Is that what the thing is? The IMDb Top yeah. Yes. Yeah, okay. So IMDb Top 250. We're starting at one and we're working our way a whole way through all 250. But uh, this episode, we're of course, we're only doing number one, and that is the Shawshank Redemption, the top of uh, the IMT, the IMDb Top 250. But of course, before we do that, we have to do this. The Alexa quote of the show. And may the odds be ever in your favor. All right, last time, Joe, you got a perfect 10. I was so impressed. Let's see if you can go back-to-back 10s. Back Here we go. You're Adrian. <laughs> Yo, Adrian. Wow. Yo, Adrian. Yo, Adrian. An Academy Award winning film. Yo, Adrian. What could this be? And while you guys write that, let me tell the audience this. We put out, I put out new um, YouTube, ver- yeah, YouTube. Yeah, that is right. YouTube versions of the podcast. So if you want to go back, listen to our old ones uh, with the video format. I'm not sure. There's nothing much to it. Uh, but if you want to go back and listen to the old ones on YouTube, go ahead, search for Movies Out's podcast, and you'll be able to find it. Uh, like our Facebook, follow us on Twitter, Movies Out's podcast, and, uh, you know, be active in the community. All right. Oh, Paul's ready. I There's no way I'm going to get I don't know. I don't know three people in that movie. There's no way. Oh, Joe's ready. All right. <laughs> All right, Paul, let's start with you. Name of the movie, sir. So, Rocky. All right. Year, please. 1976. All right. First build. Sylvester Stallone. Second build. Margot Kidder. (laughs) That's probably (laughs) way off. Uh, I don't know. I have no idea. And you want to try number three? Betty White. (laughs) Would you like to try number three? No idea. All right. All right, Joe. Let's see. Go for 10. Here we go. Rocky. All right. Year? 1979. All right. Well, you're not getting 10. <laughs> oh, okay. I can't, I can't, I'm terrible with movie years. <laughs> All right. First build? Uh, Sylvester Stallone. Second, please. Burgess Meredith. And last. Or third. And I... I have no idea who played Adrian, so and he's won for me before, so Carl Weathers. <laughs> uh, he is not a good luck charm this time, <laughs> however. All right, so, Paul, you got four points, and Joe, you got two. So you're on a wow. comeback, Paul. Yeah, it was Rocky, year 1976, so you got that right, Paul? Wow. Uh, first build was, mm. in fact, Sylvester Stallone. Second build was Talia Shire. Um, who is I, that? Who is Ty? Oh, anyway. Is that Adrian? Adrian? I guess. <laughs> I don't know, but she's second build. And third is Burt Young. Come on, guys. Burt Young? Burt Young? Yeah, that's uh, her, her brother. Uh, what's his name? Oh, my God. No way. He's built higher than Mickey? Oh, yeah. Yep. 
How? That's Burgess Meredith. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. No. No. Burgess Meredith and Carl Weathers were both way better than him. Are you crazy? First of all, he's been in more of the movies. I think he's been in like every of them. All of them. <laughs> Not that that has anything to do with his it is. Well, Okay. Well, great. I mean, and sure, Michael Gross has been in all the Tremors <laughs> movies. <laughs> That hey, is not why both classics. Won both so classics. <laughs> I would have thought Burgess Meredith would have been top three, but maybe it's well. Maybe obviously, it's later movies. He's he's more significant. I don't know. Obviously, you're wrong. So, there you go. What was uh, <laughs> what was Burt Young's name? Come on, the brother. Polly. Polly. Oh, thank you. Oh, Polly. Oh, love that dude. <laughs> so good. Polly and the robot from the uh, what Rocky Four. <laughs> the 80s oh, crappy yeah. robot. Oh, <laughs> genius. <laughs> oh, so good. So good. All we right, should so. do an episode about that. We're doing Rocky <laughs> Four right here. Forget Shawshank. We're talking about Polly and the robot. <laughs> Both uh, very good films. <laughs> All right. But talk about Shawshank. Let's get back to it. This is Shawshank Redemption, year 1994. Rating is rated R. Runtime, two hours and 22 minutes, which is a really long uh, time for a movie this old. Director Frank Darabont, uh, some of his other projects were The Mist, The Green Mile, and he's a writer and director for uh, certain Walking Dead episodes. Cast a note, Tim Robbins, Morgan Freeman, and William Sadler. Tagline of this movie is, Fear can hold you prisoner, hope can set you free. Uh, Brief synopsis is, Two imprisoned men bond over a number of years, finding solace and eventual redemption through acts of common decency. The reviews, IMDb, obviously because it's in the top 250 and it's actually rated number one. Uh, do you guys want to take a guess as to what the IMDb rating is? It might actually be lower than what you guys think. What, 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 is it a percentage? Is that what it is? Uh, out of 10, out of 10. A number out of 10. Oh, really? It's not nine? <laughs> well, they go with <laughs> one decimal. <laughs> yeah, so do you want to take a guess? Is that a, no, no idea. Okay, good job. You can't guess the number between one and ten. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, they got a lot of numbers. If you allowed to go a decimal deep, you got a hundred, really. Yeah, yeah. But I looked last week when we started looking up the hundred, so I okay. it would be cheating for me to jump in. Uh, Nine point three, Paul. Not that you care, because <laughs> obviously you don't. <laughs> you still complex or perplexed why uh, it's not a, uh, one out of ten <laughs> or one out of nine. Uh, but Rock- every but everything at IMDb it, other than this is rated lower than a nine point three. So yeah, so that's quite something, right? Um, Rotten Tomatoes, the critics give it a ninety one percent, and the audience a ninety eight. So yeah, it's rated very highly uh, with the audience. Box it's office right up there with Paddington two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really is. Paddington two only has a slight advantage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the box office, the budget was twenty five million. Opening weekend in the U.S. Uh, was September 25th, 1994, but that was a limited release. Uh, and that was $727,000. Gross in the U.S., it made $28 million. Worldwide, it made $58 million. So, yeah, it was not a box office smash by any means, but it did wonders in uh, rentals and on cable. And I'll tell you why it did so well on cable uh, coming up in a minute. Now, Joe... I gave you some notes because this movie has a ton of interesting notes. So I'm going to read the first half. I'm going to take a breath and let you go for the second half. All right. So here we go. Uh, The movie is based on a Stephen King novella, Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption, published as a collection of four short stories titled Different Seasons. The book also included 
The Body and Apt Pupil both were also adapted into films. Now, I've never seen either The Body or Apt Pupil. The Body is Stand By Me. Oh, okay. Oh, The Body. Yeah, that makes sense. How about Apt Pupil? Uh, it's called Apt Pupil. It, it, it's, it was pretty good. It's, it's a little darker, a little more Stephen King-y than... Uh, I read yeah. that Andy Dufresne actually has a part in that, at least the, the story, where he's, he's giving financial advice to somebody in that, in that story. So there you go. Uh, Andy and Red's opening chat in the prison yard in which Red is throwing a baseball took nine hours to shoot. Morgan Freeman threw the baseball for the entire nine hours without a word of complaint. He showed up for work the next day with his left arm in a sling. <laughs> I'm not really sure what took so long for that to shoot that scene, but it's very interesting. Uh, Clint Eastwood, Harrison Ford, Paul Newman, and Robert Redford were all considered for the part of Red. In the original no- <clears throat> excuse me, in the original novel, Red is a middle-aged Irishman with graying red ha- hair. However, Frank Dorabont always had Morgan Freeman in mind for the role because of his authoritative presence, demeanor, and deep voice. Thorpont alluded to the casting choice by having Red jokingly reply to Andy's inquiry about his nickname with the line, maybe it's because I'm Irish. When Andy goes to the library to begin work as Brooks' assistant and Brooks's crow Jake is squawking, Tim Robbins had to time this, his line, hey Jake, where's Brooks, so that the crow wouldn't squawk over him. Since the bird could not be trained to squawk on cue, Robbins was able to adapt to this and time his line perfectly by learning the bird's squawking patterns, for which writer and director Frank Dorabont praised him. Robbins' improvisation is noticeable as he watches the bird carefully while approaching it, waiting for it to squawk, and doesn't begin his line until after it does so. Although a very modest hit in theaters, it became one of the highest-grossing video rentals of all time. Although it is never directly stated in the film, Brooks is in prison for allegedly murdering his wife and daughter after a losing streak of poker. Frank Dorabont watched Goodfellas every Sunday while shooting this film and drew inspiration from it on using voiceover narration and showing the passage of time. At the end of the movie, there is a dedication to Alan Green. He was Frank Dorabont's agent and was a, and also a close personal friend. He died just before the completion of the film due to AIDS complications. Stephen King has considered this to be one of his favorite film adaptations based on his own work. Okay, here we go. This is interesting. This tells all, this is very informative. After the film gained popularity, Ted Turner sold the television rights to TNT, his own network, for much lower than normal for such a big film. Because it is so expensive to show, the film is broadcast on TNT extremely often. <laughs> and I can say 100% for sure that that is so accurate. Because <laughs> I have... I Okay, let's go on with the notes, but then I'll, I'll get back to that. All right, All right, Joe, please continue. All right, yes, it's the show of AMC, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> along with Frank Darabont's other stuff, The Walking Dead, so... I, because <laughs> yeah. you see a lot of the characters mix over between this and the mist. I like how they he cast a lot of the same people between those projects. Oh, I watched but, the first episode of the mist. Um, it was good. I it's never caught up. The mist, the TV show. Yeah. Oh, I never saw it. I meant the movie with the mist. Oh yeah. TV show wasn't bad. I was up in Pennsylvania one weekend um, and it was on and you know, there's not much to do up there. So I watched hmm. uh, the, the first mist. Huh? Interesting. All right, All right, let's see. So we'll go on with notes. <clears throat> Say, this was Morgan Freeman's first time narrating a movie. 
And he obviously did it well because he's done like 40 others. <laughs> yeah. So comfortable listening to him narrate. Anyway, uh, the American Humane Society monitor filming of scenes involve, involving Brooks's crow. During the scene where he fed it a maggot, the AHS subjected on the grounds that it was cruel to the maggot and required that they use a magnet that had died from natural causes. One was found and the scene was filmed. That was insane, right? <laughs> a maggot, yeah, really? A maggot. Find a maggot died from natural causes. I have an autopsy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this one's safe. <laughs> yeah. Oh, All right. <laughs> Right. So in the movie, Red says, I committed murder when Andy asked him why he's in Shawshank. The novella explains in detail. Red is serving three life sentences for murdering his wife, his neighbor's wife, and his neighbor's son. Red disconnected the brakes on his car in order to kill his wife to collect an insurance policy. He did not plan on the other two people joining his wife for her ill-fated drive. Now, let me just uh, step in there. Uh, I always assumed by watching the movie, Red, like, it was like a gang thing, or like, he was like a young man, right? I thought he was like, like a teenager, Very young. and he killed Yeah, some I, other... I thought, from context, I thought he was like 18, 19, like Yeah, saying. and he like killed like just some, I don't know, somebody else, just some other teenager. And they all mentioned being an old thief, right? Brooks and Red. Yeah, so it's weird that he cut the brakes of his wife. Yeah. It's, it's, that doesn't sound right to at all to that movie, that, for what he did. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. And he says, you know, he's an old an old thief. And then, they, you yeah. know, Brooks mentions the same thing, but they're both in for murder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. All right. Let's see. So, red cell number is 237, the same number of the room where the dead woman resides at the Overlook Hotel in The Shining. Ooh, yeah. And that's a, that's a Stephen King Easter egg, right? Because they're both. Yep. yep, both Stephen King. Okay, so the $370,000 Andy stole from the warden in 1966 may not seem like a huge amount of for 20 years incarceration, but adjusted for inflation to 2014, Andy stole the equivalent of $2.7 million. Nice. See, Red describes Andy's dream as shitty pipe dreams. During his escape to live that dream, Andy called across through a pipe filled with raw sewage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I never put I that together before. So fun. <laughs> <laughs> so it says that the film is generally faithful to the Stephen King novella, but there are some differences. The novella specifies that Andy smuggled $100 into the prison in his rectum. Exactly how he pays Red the agreed upon price of $10 for the rock hammer is never made clear in the film. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Keister the money, baby. There you go. <laughs> In the film, Hadley and his guards beat up Boggs as a favor to Andy for all his financial tips. In the novella, Andy uses the money he smuggled into the prison to pay thugs to do it. Nice. So this makes Andy a little uh, edgier. Uh, you know, he's not as nice of a guy. He's paying thugs to beat up Boggs. Of course, Boggs is gang raping him. I, yeah, <laughs> it's, still, a, it's the whole, you know, revenge on the gang rape. <laughs> yeah. But okay, okay, Tom, I just have one real quick question is how was Boggs really a nice guy? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's, he's misunderstood, needs, right? He's not to be loved. He's he misunderstood. That's wrong. <laughs> he's just trying to help out the new guys, you know? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, that little comfort. How dare you, sir? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll continue. Okay. Tommy is not killed in the novella. 
After agreeing to not testify on Andy's behalf, he is sent to another prison. That's actually a little bit shocking to me that they. And it was that's the difference. And it, it was written for Brad Pitt, but he was in the middle of doing. Um, oh man, I didn't copy that note because. Oh, wow. Yeah, that role was written for Brad Pitt, but yeah, Brad Pitt would have been a great Tommy. Uh, what was he doing? He was doing something else, and he couldn't he couldn't uh, commit to it. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, I think it plays better the way they did it here. Yeah, I, I like the way they did it. And I mean, I even like the guy, the cast to do Tommy. I just think Brad Pitt would also be. Also in the novella, in the novella, there were multiple, multiple wardens. It wasn't just one throughout the course of time. There was a multiple. So it wasn't just one. They just put them all into one for this story. So they just combine them into a yeah, single character. Yeah, yeah. Ah, gotcha. Okay. And so our last note here is the ending received perhaps the most significant changes. The narrative Red gives of the time Andy spent in prison is different. In the novella, Andy spent 26 years in prison before his ultimate escape. In the film, he spends 19. As Red narrates, Andy did it. Picked through the wall in a cell in less than 20. When Red is released from Shawshank prison, he finds a package Andy left for him in a hayfield. In the film, he simply goes directly to it. While in the novella, his hunt for the appropriate hayfield is fairly substantial piece of the plot. The final scene of Andy stand, sanding a boat on the beach as Red meets him again is not present in the novella, which ends with Red on his way south to meet Andy. The matter of whether they found each other again is left ambiguous. Yeah, I think Red finding that uh, that field so easily in the movie was a little unrealistic, considering he was in prison for 30-some years or whatever. He just like drives right up to it and he finds it. Yeah, fi- yeah, find 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 a hayfield in Buxton, Maine. Right? Yeah, yeah. You know Buxton. You know that hayfield. Yeah, I know. I go, come it's on, got a tree. Oh yeah, no problem. Hey, did you know also that they built that wall specifically for the movie? And after the movie was shot, the owner of that hayfield sold each each piece of stone, brick uh, stone by stone on uh, eBay or somewhere uh, because it was you know seen in the movie. He sold mm-hmm. every wow. stone. <laughs> that is awesome. That's wow. insane that they built that wall for that scene. Like because that that whole part of the country is nothing but stone walls everywhere. Yeah, it's like just oh man, that's a lot of work. <laughs> uh, all you have to do is drive through New England, and there's stone every. That that's all those things are. <laughs> it's such a rocky area. <laughs> yeah. All right. Also, well, yeah, those are all the notes, and there's so much more too. I mean, if you want more notes on. <laughs> Uh, Shawshank, go to IMDb. Uh, it's just a plethora. I mean, it's probably longer than the original novella, <laughs> the notes that they have uh, on this movie. Okay, so first of all, let me go back to... Uh, so I watched this movie again uh, for this review, and this used to be, back in the day, one of the movies... I have a certain number of movies that if, I, if I'm if i flipping channels and I see it's on, I'll stop and just watch it. And this used to be one of those movies. And for years, I used to watch this movie until the point where I was flipping channels, I saw it was on, and I was like, eh, and just kept going because I've seen it so many times. So I haven't actually seen this movie probably like five plus years. I, I just haven't seen this movie because I've seen it so many times. So it was refreshing to actually get to see it again. And I actually enjoyed it. It was <laughs> it was good again. It wasn't like I, I wasn't over it. I was like, oh, good, good. It was nice to rewatch it. A um, couple things. The Escape... The one thing that always bugged me about this movie is when he's making his escape and he, he, he goes down, he uses the rope to go down to that pipe, the sewage pipe, and he's banging the rock. He's banging a blunt rock against a sewage pipe and breaking it. I still don't know how that works. 
but he's timing it with a lightning or the thunder <laughs> lightning. That makes sense. He's timing it with the thunder. So no one can hear him. How did he know that? I mean, did he specifically wait for a night where there's going to be a storm to make his escape? I mean, it seems just out of coincidence that there was a thunderstorm and he could uh, mask his banging the pipe with thunder. It just seemed too, too, too much of a coincidence. So maybe oh, no, I, I fairly assumed that he did wait until there was a night with thunder. Maybe but he was like at his like like the scene before when he was with Red and he's saying "Get busy living, get busy dying." He knew, and it was a sunny day. I mean, that was sunny. It was a sunny day. He's like he knew that he was leaving. He went, got the rope. I don't know. It just seemed a little suspect. But I think he he got a flyer when he was in the town square before he went back in time. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> that was uh, the lightning was kind of strike. And, that, you know, <laughs> that was last episode. Ten o two a.m. or p.m. <laughs> Save the clock tower. And another another thing that I, I love about this movie that maybe it's just me, uh, but they're talking about you know Andy living going to that stupid Palomontu or whatever it is, and uh, and uh, Red says at one time he goes oh Jackabuku whatever the name of that ten then. Andy sends a postcard, uh, presumably at least like a month later, right? Do you remember that place? I don't. I've seen that movie a million times. I couldn't tell you the name of that place now. There is no like. If, well, if, well, well, he bought a bus, to it, and the letter to him told him, "You remember the name of the town, don't you, Red?" Yes. It's like, you know, I I've I've seen the movie twenty times. Yes. I can't remember the name of that. That's town. what I'm saying. If that was me, if that postcard was to me, I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> Damn it, Andy! Damn, Andy, Shit. why couldn't your dream? Why, yeah, why couldn't your dream be in Cancun? I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna remember Botanot too, or whatever the hell the name of that town is. That that oh oh Sue Botaneo. Oh, is that it? Botaneo. I've never heard of it, and I've seen that movie, and and I I've specifically watched it this time to see if Red says it and how many times he says it. He says it one time. He repeats the name of it one time. And then, like a month later, it gets a postcard. Do you remember that town? Don't you? Like, nope. <laughs> if I was right, I'd be like, nope. Okay, I'm gonna put nope, uh, not a red was two and just hang myself because there's no way I'm gonna. <laughs> there's no way I'm gonna be able to find that town. Uh, yeah. This, so the, out of the the movie, those are the only two things that have ever bothered me. <laughs> those two point, plot points where I was like, huh, that's that's pretty coincidental, and I, there's no way I'd be able to freaking remember that name of that <laughs> but uh overall yeah it's a very good movie I, I i thoroughly enjoyed it again uh if it's on well i i kind of cut the cord now i don't watch cable tv so i'm not going to be i'm not going to be flipping channels and seeing it so it's not going to come up but uh maybe sometime in the next couple of years i'll watch it again but uh i think i'm good but i'll definitely give this a first run i don't know about opening weekend i don't know now that i'm thinking about it maybe i would give it opening weekend uh it's such a good movie. Now I'm gonna get first run still. I think it's still a first run movie for me. Um, it's very good. Uh, like it's really long. It, it, I love and one of the fir- one of the parts I love about this movie uh, <laughs> when the uh, the fat guy screaming at the beginning and the the what's uh, what's uh, what's his name the head guard guy. Oh, the, Hanley. 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 Yeah, he's coming in. Um, <laughs> and he says something, uh, God damn or something. And when the, when the people in the prison, like, I'm going to tell the warden, you took the Lord's name in vain. <laughs> I love that part of the movie. I've never heard that. What? Oh my God. That's one of my favorite lines. Every time I see that movie, I love that line. 
he comes saying, you better be dead or he says something. And one of the prisoners says, oh, you took, you took the Lord's name in vain. I'm going to tell the warden because before that he says about, uh, he won't take blasphemy or whatever. Yeah. And Hadley's Don't like, you blasphemy in here. Don't you blasphemy in here. And, and Hadley's like, you're right, going to tell him with your funny. boot up in my ass or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. It's, I, I love that line. It's so good. Uh, but yeah, I, oh man. So good. You know, uh, that actor, uh, Hadley, he was uh, asked, or he was he was told that he go uh, with different guards to uh, you know train with them, or you know go with them to kind of get a feel for that uh, that role. And uh, he mm-hmm. said he didn't want to because his guy was such a bad guy that he didn't want to like like his character is so bad and corrupt that he didn't want to give a bad light on actual guards. So if he went and like mm-hmm. studied with them, <laughs> then became this like jerk. Yeah, so, but yeah, I, I love that scene. But yeah, I'd give it first run, uh, 100%. <laughs> Such a <laughs> very good movie. Joe, what say you? So I, I just love the movie. I mean, right from the beginning, I mean, the, the tone is set early and it keeps it and it just runs right through. And I, you mentioned the narration showing the passing of time. I mean, I have a note about how well the narration's done. And, you know, and then you mentioned the intro talking about how he's watching Goodfellas all the time, which is like the other movie I watch. Yeah. Every, I, I watch... Shawshank, Goodfellas, and Casino at least once a year. Those are the three movies I always watch. Oh, so you didn't get Shawshank Burnout. You're still... No. I, I, lo- I love Shawshank. And I've never honestly realized it was two and a half hours long. <laughs> I just I just watch it. Time has no meaning. Well, Shawshank is on. I, Did just, you know, I just watch the movie. I love it. Did you know they recorded um, uh, Morgan Freeman's uh, narration before they actually shot the scenes and they'd listen to him before shooting to get a pace to, so that way it would pace the scene correctly. They, so he did all the narration before they actually shot the scene. Oh, wow. Yeah. That is really neat because, you know, because, and I noticed once you mentioned saying show the passing of time and you talked about Goodfellas is like, and then it dawned on me, Oh my God, that is what's going on. I'd never, you know, I never consciously thought of it before. Yeah. Me either. Yeah. Which makes a good element of a movie. If it does something to, to uh, progress it and you don't realize it's actually doing it. You know, it yeah. The story is advancing. Right you don't, you don't consciously do it, but it leaves and they leave enough by inference in the narration that you still have to watch the, you know, the scene. It doesn't blow the scene, right? It tells yeah. you just enough to lead into it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so that, that was fun. And I, and I always like the, the, when he, when he, Andy hands the, the uh, warden, he hands him by salvation lies within the yeah. first time. I, saw, <laughs> I just laugh every time I can't, Help but laugh knowing that that hammer's in that Bible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, oh, no. Then he always takes it away. Like he's walking out. Like, oh, here, take this back. I'm like, holy mackerel, he must have been sweating. <laughs> yeah, he, he almost left with it. Yeah. Salvation lies with him. And I just laugh and laugh. <laughs> and then, you know, and, and yeah, it, it's just such a great man. There's like one of those great lines. And, and one of the ones I favor, my Nor- Morgan Freeman lines from it is, I have no idea to this day what those two Italian ladies were singing about. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, there was a note uh, in IMDb about that, and it was uh, they were um, getting trying to get a guy to come and have like a four way or something. There was something I, I, I didn't I didn't add that either, but yeah, oh, okay. it explains what they were singing about. Oh, there you go. Okay, because I just that line it just strikes me. It just it's the line funny. I always say is the "Get busy living, get busy dying." That one I, I'll always quote that one. <laughs> and actually i think it's, i was actually expecting one of these from alexa quote of the show <laughs> <laughs> well you 
You still may get it. Throw us a curveball on it and give us the one we're actually reviewing. <laughs> well, you know, in the future episode, you may I'll have to find one that's a little bit more obscure. <laughs> all right. So, what rating do you actually give this? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, this movie gets the highest possible rating that right. you can get. Opening so, weekend. I mean, opening weekend. All right. Do you have anything to add to that? Or are you good? Nope, I'm good. All right, Paul, tell us what you think. Oh, I I enjoy this movie. I don't think it's the best Stephen King movie out there. I I, I think Stand By Me is a better movie, and maybe The Shining is a better movie. I don't know. Misery probably, too. I I enjoy the movie. It's good. Um, I don't see this as a Stephen King movie. Like, when I watch this... But I don't see Stand By Me as a Stephen King movie. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, it is weird that these two... The two probably best movies of Stephen King are probably are not horror movies. That's sort of an odd. And I, um, I, I tell you, stand by me. It's gotta be at least a decade since I've seen that movie. Really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, we should probably do that as one of our rewinds. It's, it's interesting. You said that this has a little bit of the, it's a wonderful life effect, right? Of, of a movie that did so horribly that it's cheap to run. And so yeah. it becomes kind of like comfort food. <laughs> um, uh, and I see that. It, I would, <laughs> um, I'd probably, I probably would have seen it on the first run if, if, if it was out now. Um, so you're so, giving it the first run rating? I would give it a first run rating. Not opening weekend, but first run. Hey, it's not the uh, second run, so there you go. Yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> the, cast, the casting is perfect, right? <laughs> I, I, I don't know that there's another movie that has the, the cast quite as right as this one does. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess... If they would have shot it with somebody else, you'd say the same thing, right? If they would have done a good job. So it's, it's really hard to say. <laughs> Maybe. It's hard to imagine somebody other than um, Morgan Freeman, right? I mean, I, I don't know. It would make it quite as good. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, that I think is probably the best casting choice ever. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you know, there are various people could fill the different roles. Like, you know, like Tommy. Brad Pitt would have been a great Tommy. Yeah, yeah. That seems like a, a lesser role, though. You think he would have taken it? Because this is just a minute role that be like under him. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I could see Ed Norton as Andy. Oh yeah, I, I guess I could see that. I, um, I think uh, The Rock should be Andy. <laughs> <laughs> no way, The Rock should play Hadley, baby. I, I could see. Uh, Watch him take out Boggs with an atomic <laughs> elbow. <laughs> the rock bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, do you know uh, uh, John uh, Favreau uh, auditioned for the fat guy and uh, he, he said it was so I think I read that he said that it, the audition was so bad that uh, it got him to uh, go and try to lose weight or something like that I don't know. <laughs> like I said there are so many notes it's just ridiculous <laughs> how many IMDB notes there are for this movie it's it's absurd <laughs> So, like I said, yeah, if you want to know more, there is plenty to learn out there in the world of IMDb for this film. Uh, all right. Well, do you guys have anything to add to this? No, I, I think that's about it. All right. Joe, you good? I'm good. All right. Well, that will bring this episode to a close. So I'd like to thank you again, Joe and Paul, for coming on and joining me. And until next time, that's a wrap. That's a wrap.